this episode. Became the big money maker for Virgin Records. It's what got them started. Anyway, on the day, he gets a phone call from Mike Oldfield who says, hey, Richard, I, I can't do this thing. I can't do it. And of course, people are already starting to line up for it. A very human approach, right? Hey, let's just go and have a, have a drive. Let's have a chat. Give it to me straight. I can take um, it. You manage things and you lead people. Mm. Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, everybody. I'm Sean Callahan. And hi, everybody. I'm Mark Shank. And I think we'll, we'll, we'll probably skip the housekeeping for this episode and go straight to the story. What do you reckon? Sounds good to me. All right. Handing so, over. Okay. So I think I mentioned in the, our last episode uh, that I've been reading uh, about Richard Branson. So he's got plenty of good little anecdotes. And, and one of them that really struck me is sort of a, give you some insight into, you know, just ideas of managing people, I guess. And at the beginning of Virgin Records, their one, really one and only major star was Mike Oldfield. Do you remember Mike Oldfield, Oh, Mike? I totally remember Mike Oldfield. So Mike Oldfield uh, was the composer and, and, and he actually played most of the instruments on a quite a famous album called Tubular Bells. And it was, it's an orchestral piece that became like top of the pops in the late 70s, right? Bizarre. And it was huge. And it was the sort of moneymaker, became the big moneymaker for Virgin Records. It's what got them started. In fact, one of just, you know, going forward 20, 30 years, one of the first Boeings that um, that Branson uh, put into his fleet, he called the Tubular Bell, right? So going back to just how important Tubular Bells was. But anyway... uh, you know, so Mike Oldfield is a young father, quite an introvert, and he, you know, he's done this amazing piece of requires a whole orchestra, and you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a large piece, and they're going to have their first big, you know, concert, you know, live concert, and and Branson's really hanging on this to be big part of the promotion activities that he was doing. He was going around to every DJ, you know, trying to you know, rev up excitement for Tubular Bells and there were a few people who were starting to play it, but the concert was going to be the big, you know, sort of defining moment. Anyway, on the day, he gets a phone call from Mike Oldfield who says, hey, Richard, I, I can't do this thing. I can't do it. And he's sort of having this anxiety about, you know, performing in front of all these people and, you know, it's just not him. And so... Branson realizes that you know, the character of Mike was very much someone, if you argued against him, he just would dig in his heels, right? If you're trying to play the, the rational, logical argument about why you should do this. So he was smart enough to re- recognize that. And instead, he sort of said, hey, Mike, do you mind if I just come over? I would love, let's, let's go for a drive. And so he drives over. Branson has got a sort of a beat up old Bentley. Um, and they both jump in. Mike's always loved that Bentley, you know, that smell of leather as they jump in the car. And and uh, they're driving around. And, 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 of course, purposely, Branson makes sure he drives past the stadium, the, the, the venue, that they're going to have this concert. And, of course, people are already starting to line up for it. And as they drive past, you know, you know Richard's sort of saying, you know, 
wow, look, they're really getting ready for the concert tonight. And anyway, he pulls up the car and he says, Mike, I tell you what, if you do this concert tonight, you can have my Bentley. This Bentley is yours, right? In fact, I will get out right now and you can just slide over and drive away. It is your Bentley. And uh, Mike Oldfield sort of jumps over, jumps in the car. You know, Richard gets out. He's rolled down the window and drives on. He's and as he's as he's disappearing, he's sort of going, "See you at the concert." So anyway, they do the concert. Mike Oldfield's not happy about it. He thinks the whole thing's out of uh, tune, and you know, there's all these problems. But it was this um, for the audience. It was this massive hit, and it was just another step along the way to the long-term success that Tubular Bells had, not only in the UK, but all around the world, right? Yeah, including all, Australia. Including Australia, absolutely. So anyway. While you were telling that story, Sean, I raced out to my record collection and grabbed my copy of Tubular Bells. No, get out. Yeah. Yep, right that's there. A, that's amazing. Yeah. I didn't even and, know what a Tubular uh, Bell was, so there you go. Yeah. And Did just, you know I that just the, want to read you. Yeah, go ahead. I don't want to read you what's on the... Uh, Mm-hmm. There's a little sticker mm-hmm. on the, on the, the front. Yep. This is a four. Oh, this is four channel, four channel stereo quadraphonic, can be played on stereo or four track matrix system. Oh well, everyone's got one of those, right? <laughs> <laughs> played played in the just, matrix. Yeah, just uh, like just to give an idea of how old it is. Uh, that that language is. Uh, yeah. Doesn't doesn't exist anymore, except in, in you know, for people who are aficionados of uh, vinyl. Yeah, so it's not like it can be played on your streaming service. Uh, just choose from Sonus yeah. or yeah, yeah exactly. available on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, Mark. What do you reckon? What did you What do you like about this story? What things? What elements stand out? Feel good to you? Well, I I, I like that Branson. Just uh, went over and uh, drove over and said, "Let's go for a drive." Um, I know that's a you know like a, a simple thing, but it's uh, it's a, a it's a, in, counterintuitive. You know, most people, as you say, would try and argue, but he was I don't know calm enough just to go, "Ah, come for a drive." Yeah, it's it's it, it's this intuitive way of oh, a very human approach, right? Hey, let's just go and have a have a drive. Let's have a chat. And you know, there is something about I'm sure I'm sure about this that when people sit shoulder to shoulder, looking forward, it's a different type of conversation than when you're looking at each other face to face. I'm sure there's something to do with, you know, that I know I've had some of the most important conversations walking with people or in the car driving with people. Um, and I think it, it sort of takes a bit of heat out of the conversation some way. Yeah. Oh, well, it's just, uh, okay, so I'm going to do a bit of uh, bit of digging on that. If any of our listeners have got some uh, references or some insights into that, mm. uh, please, please uh, uh, send them along. Let us know. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think one of the things I threw in there, it was just a memory. For, I think that uh, Branson said this in his telling was the smell of the car. You know that leather right. smell, and I threw that in. I mm-hmm. thought, okay, you know, storytelling is multi-sensory. Uh, maybe you can get a. There'll be some people when they hear that will, you know, get that sense. For me, I've always had sort of vinyl cars, so I haven't had the fancy uh, 
leather cars. But so, um, but I think that's, I think that's another element that I liked about that story. Um, yeah, that's that that, that little detail uh, adds richness. Mm. And only, it's an investment of two or three seconds. You know what I would have loved to have known is what is the venue of this thing? So I had a, I didn't have a picture of it. You know, the picture I had was the um, the big uh, sort of music venue down near Luna Park in St Kilda. What's that one oh, that's right? The Palais. The Palais. That's, that's what I had in my mind as I was telling that story. Uh, of course, it, didn't, it had nothing to do with the Palais. But I would love to know what that venue was. I'm sure he did mention it. It just didn't stick in my brain. Um, and I guess the... Yeah, that would be good to know. Mm, yeah, just those little things. So what do you reckon? You've you've heard that story in other places, haven't you, Mark? Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, what would you make? What would you do to make that? A, you know, is there anything in that you do to make it a better story? Like, what, what little well, things? First, first of all, I want to uh, just fess up that in that I, in my mind, that story was that Branson they were actually on their way to the venue when right yes uh, when uh, Mike Oldfield had his little anxiety attack and decided yep. that he couldn't do the concert. Mm. So uh, for me, that was a you know the, a very useful insight, uh, a correction, if you like, mm. to uh, to my telling, which is really important, right? Because you know if anyone else has heard it and um, they they and I told it wrong, then the credibility of the entire thing goes down the tubes because that important detail is wrong. Well, I think I think you get a little bit of latitude, don't you, for the what you get wrong in the story and you know i think people give you quite a bit of latitude on that you know was it made as they were going to the the venue or was it you know a phone call before they went um i don't think because it doesn't change the gist of the story i mean the gist yeah. of the story is that you know branson goes and has that car ride with him and through that conversation he, and through almost story triggering. So he's triggering a story for Mike Oldfield, right? By taking him past the venue, Oldfield's going, oh, gee, people do want to come to this because he's probably having all this self-doubt. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, he's thinking, yeah. you know, do people like my music? Would people actually turn up? Am I going to look stupid here? And then he sees the people starting to line up for the concert early that day. You know, that starts to give you that confidence or give Oldfield that confidence. Um so I think those sort of things, it's a brilliant illustration of story triggering that, that Branson sort of manufactured, if you like, for Oldfield. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it very hard to, to back out when you can actually see the stadium filling up or the venue filling up. <laughs> That's right. And then giving him the Bentley, I think that was, you know. Oh, it's a bit It's a big call because the Bentley was given to Branson by his parents uh, for his birthday, I think he's you know 21st birthday or something like that. Um, but he figured that you know it's a Bentley. You know, I'll be able to probably get another Bentley in my life. You know, one day, one day. Um, okay. Anything, but anything to make it a better story. Like there's sort of things that we like about the story. Oh, I knew, I knew. Get the 
the air was calm that day. <laughs> no, 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 please, no, please don't do that. Don't do that. If you're listening, then then that was just that was just a bit of mirth. Right. So I business I point. don't have what a business point. Yeah, business point. So I guess there's a, a thing about influence. Yes. And the, the difference between the argument and influence. And influence, yeah. I think there is something about that, isn't it? And so, uh, yeah, he, he, Branson didn't try to convince him to do the concert. Mm. He kind of just took him and showed him yeah. what was happening. And, and made and him then, feel something. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. And I think that's a big part of that. I remember someone years ago told me, you know, you can't be efficient. You can be efficient with things, but you can't be efficient with people. And mm-hmm. and I think this is a good example of that. You know, the efficient thing would be to think you could just quickly argue and in five minutes get the answer and come move on, on to the next thing. Come on, mate. That's, yeah. just, just turn up. Yeah. But he knew what Oldfield was like. He knew that he had to, you know, spend that time and 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 really get him to understand. And I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer in excursions, and I think this is like a mini excursion. It's those many years doing a geography degree uh, where, you know, we're always out there. Jump in the bus, go for a ride, experience something. Uh, I think it's something we don't do enough of in organisations anymore, do we? You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's easy easy to get stuck in front of the computer. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Mark. Uh, let's think about um, unless you've got any other business points we want to draw from this. No, nothing spring to mind. Okay. Give us your score. I want to give it to me straight. I can take um, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Utility. Yeah, I'm going to give it. A, I'm going to. Yeah, utility. I'm going to give it an eight. I was as I was thinking. Really, you're I thinking going, utility? Can I use this? And I and I really am. You know that that's that for me. That's an example of leadership. Mm. Right. Yep. You know, you you manage things and you lead people. Mm. And so I think that's a great example that I can use to illustrate that. Yeah. No, I think that's that's true. I'm giving it eight as well. It goes straight into the into the pool room. <laughs> and uh, uh, into the story bank, and um, yeah, one to be used. It's nice and short too. Yeah, uh, and and I'm I'm very glad that you shared that because I I read that some time ago and I didn't make it into my story bank. So um, that's now it's now going to move there. Now going to be uh, yeah Excellent. stored away where it can be reused. Fantastic. Okay, everyone. Thanks again for listening to anecdotally speaking, and of course, tune in next week for another episode and how to put your stories to work. Bye for now. Anecdotally Speaking was engineered by Dave Stokes from author to audio.